Welcome to the unspoken truths of digital leadership, living the leadership values. Our guests will talk about the unspoken truths of leadership, the values, the dark side and the learnings from dealing with conflict with integrity. Discover how they lead more effectively, how they make decisions, how they live their leadership values, and how they deal with the consequences that happen because of the decisions that they make. I am John Opoon, I will be your host of the show. Please note that there may be explicit language used during the interview. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Unspoken Truths of Digital Leadership, Living the Leadership Values, where our guests will talk about the unspoken truths of leadership, the dark side and the learnings from dealing with conflict with integrity. Mm. Today, I have this very, very special brother and guest of mine, Christopher Burns, the founder of Men Mastermind. Yes. Welcome on to the show, bro. Jonah, thank you, man. It's it's an honor. Dude, our, our journeys have been wild over the years. So I'm excited to catch up even more, hear more about what you've been creating. But uh, I just, I really acknowledge your commitment to serving leaders, to serving people, to expand in their capacity, to, to be able to serve the world, the people around them, their communities with their greatest gifts. And for me, integrity has been such a big just world that I, I got to step into a, a toolkit, a resource, a paradigm upgrade. So uh, whatever we can dive into around it, man, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, thank you for, for the compliment. I appreciate that. Let me acknowledge that is <laughs> a, is a habit that I need to start making. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for those that don't know who you are, let's do a quick introduction because you and I, we've known each other for you know, a few years now, yeah. and our, our journeys crossed, our values align so much. But let's dive into how did you come about into doing what you do now? So previously, mm-hmm. you did you know, the 12-hour marathon on yeah. Facebook Lives. You invited many guests, and me included, and yeah. it was super fun. But you had this going on for a long time yeah. yeah so what was it you know before that what was your you know, reason before you even got onto that space how did you get mm-hmm. into this area yeah. that you do now so in college i went to school for electrical engineering because i thought that's what i was supposed to do and that was kind of a theme of my life and i can dive into how it influenced my work how it influenced relationships but this i'm supposed to do this i'm supposed to do it because i want other people to be happy. I wanted my parents to be happy. I wanted uh, the people, my friends to feel good about being around me. I wanted to feel like a valuable member of society. I wanted to feel like I was worth something because deep down inside, I, I had issues with my self-worth. I had issues that like, you know, there's something wrong with me. There's something inherently broken, flawed or wrong with me. And so I was going to school for electrical engineering but this rift inside of me that I wasn't addressing, that I wasn't uh, emotionally intelligent enough to to address and acknowledge uh, was was growing bigger and bigger. And so how that expressed itself through coping mechanisms, through behaviors, through stuff like that uh, was lots of partying, uh, going to raves. And uh, I got arrested. And thankfully, nothing serious ever happened. Nothing uh, ever went on my record or anything. But um, I was I was like close to to being in jail for many years. And um, 
So I, I just got a wake up call while I was in uh, arrested one time and uh, just felt like I was throwing my life away, just pe- being a, a useless piece of junk, you know, and, and uh, breaking my parents' hearts, feeling like a disappointment to my friends. And um, I'd been doing personal development and stuff, too, for, for about a year at the time, this rock bottom. But I just like I said, there was those, those the rift, like on one hand, I was this studious person who was going to build a great life. And on the other hand, I was a rebel. I was um, a, a troublemaker. I was this person who like wasn't wasn't being my best self. And so it was in that moment that I got to recognize I'm trying to live two different lives. I'm not being in integrity with who I know myself to be. I know I'm a, a good person. I know I'm a good human. I know I'm a good man. But these actions, these behaviors that are coming from me are not good and they're not in alignment with the life that I'm I'm creating, I'm, I'm committed to creating. So I asked for guidance from source, God, universe, whatever you want to call it. And I said, show me how to get out of this situation because I'm totally messing everything up. And so I think in that in that moment, like I just surrendered. You know, I think that's a big part of the the journey when you're striving and and driving to get somewhere. Uh, when you get to this place of letting go, releasing, trying to control everything and how it all unfolds, and having all the answers. I prided myself on being a smart guy, uh, out outwitting everyone else, like always having the answer kind of thing. And so uh, I just got humbled a lot and I, I, I had the opportunity to let that all go to step into my purpose. And so over about the last decade or so since that happened, I've been on this quest to master myself. I, I, I'm committed to self-mastery in all dimensions, health, wealth, relationships, happiness, fulfillment, adventure, creativity, all of it, right? Spirituality. I'm, I'm, I am, that's my commitment of, of what I embody. I am the essence of self-mastery. And so I did that through uh, a 12-hour live stream that I did, 138 of these 12-hour live streams, interviewing 800 guests, sharing this wisdom. You were one of the amazing guests on there. It was leaders, role models, experts, people who are changing the world to share that information with my audience. And that was great. And I had a blast and it was a lot of fun. And at the same time, I didn't feel like I was in integrity with my greater purpose and my bigger mission. So we can dive into that more, man. But I would say that's that's the big journey is is uh, hitting that rock bottom, then um, having a real drive to come back and and serve people with my gifts and find out what those are. You touched upon self worth. How mm-hmm. did you deal with that uh, yeah, that issue? Yeah, man, it's there's been so much over the years. Um, one of the things that I did was I, I spent six years being single. And so that may not be ideal for everyone in the audience. But for me at, at 20, uh, you know, 18, from 18 to 24, that was that was a really great commitment to make to myself. There wasn't a desperation to to go um, latch on to someone else. Right. And and I latched on to coaches. I hired coaches because I didn't feel like I was worthy, but they were there literally to be a powerful mirror and and reflection for me to grow myself uh, versus if I would have tried to have gotten into a relationship, it would have been more from a codependent place and trying to fill a, a, a hole that that person could never fill. The only thing that can fill that is me. Um, so it was it was a ton of personal development, ton of journaling, ton of exploration, meditation. I did a 10-day silent meditation retreat. I did plant medicines. I did like whatever I could to, to discover the shadow. You know, I think that was a, a big part is becoming 
in tune with what are the emotions that are are deep down inside of me. And so feelings of shame, feelings of guilt, feelings of unworthiness, tracing those back to the stories, to the to the events along my journey. You know, when I when I looked at a porn magazine out in the desert when I was dirt bike riding when I was six years old, right? And making that mean that I'm bad and I'm wrong and that there's something inherently flawed with me. Right. And then the events of my my childhood reflecting that, you know, and and me me doing things that aren't aren't uh, in the highest standards, right? And, and not being the best version of myself. So I think becoming aware of those stories and starting to rewrite those stories, starting to redefine, reframe those stories so that I have a more empowering context to come from so that I'm not trapped by the circumstances that happen to me, but rather I, I'm the meaning maker. I make meaning of everything. We are meaning making machines, human beings are. So that's what I, I just took that that power back, right? I took the power back that, oh, it's it's out there. Someone else is going to save me. The the money, the circumstance, the thing is finally going to make myself worth. And I said, no, like I am divinely 100% worthy as I am. All the good, bad, ugly, all the perfections and imperfections, everything, I am worthy. I, and, and, and it's just been, dude, diving into that deeper and deeper. What does that mean? What does that look like? How can I be that? How can I embody that more and more? Did you find the cause of the self-worth? Hmm. Uh, so like I said, I think it's it's that those core stories of me doing something wrong when I was younger, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that we all have a different version of that. Um, I compared myself to the sis- to my sister, right? I thought she was smarter than me. And so I, I would compare myself to her. So I think that there was a lot of things that happened and I've unpacked a lot of different stories over the years, but um yeah, it's, it's just like those key for me, formative events from, for me, it was like three to six, um, stealing a, another kid's uh, motorcycle in kindergarten and and getting yelled at, feeling like I did something wrong. You know, it's like these, these things, they might sound so silly and so um, innocent in some ways, you know, and I think just the relationship with those and not like, it's like the, the, what is it? Just get gestalt, um, the core event along the timeline that when you remove that, when you heal that, when you, um, integrate that, then all the other, other events along the timeline begin to, uh, reorient themselves so that they're, they're healed and they're, they're empowering rather than disempowering. Yeah. The reason I asked this question is because I have a, a very strong self-worth issue as well. Mm. And I nailed it down to uh, childhood being compared to other siblings. Mm. So that felt like whatever I did, whatever I achieved, was just never validated or approved by my parents. Yeah. And so that anything in terms of receiving compliments, Mm. gifts, you know, all sorts, I feel like, ooh, I don't feel worthy of it. Like I haven't worked my way enough. Like I never felt enough to, to, or never felt that I've deserved it in a way. Yeah. One, and that one, was the cause. one thing I want to, if, if you're open for this, cause it's something really worked for me is um, breathing. When I get her compliment, when something good happens to me, successes, right? Like, and you, you know, you've worked with Tony Robbins and stuff like that is activating your state, activating your physiology for me. I've gone from theoretical awareness of receiving a compliment to now I'm going to embody every single bit of the juice in this moment that I possibly can. So I become this moment. So I become the version of myself that people are, are acknowledging me for. 
you know, so that was, that was big. Um, but also big thing was self-expression for me, like mm -hmm. rediscovering my voice, my truth, speaking that. And that that's like, I felt afraid to speak up because I, I always compared myself to my dad who was like bigger, taller, stronger, all that stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like I'm such a shrimpy little white boy compared to, compared to him. And so I, uh, I, I carried that for a while. He felt like an outcast, like a loser for a while. And so when I went through my partying phase, I reclaimed some of that. You know, I reclaimed some of that rebellious, like, I don't care what you say. I'm going to stand for my truth. I'm going to do what I want when I want. And so I think a lot of men uh, could use more of that, stepping back into that power, stepping back into that voice that we we have deep within us. And it's up to us to awaken it, up, up to us to awaken the lion and roar, you know? I love you touched upon uh, finding your voice because that was something that I did as of recent, obviously, when I connected with you, but more so... I would say the last two years yeah. is really pushing for like doing lives, videos, content, just really stepping into my values, my expression, my yeah. truths yeah. and really self-expressioning that is like, there's a sense of freedom and like you say, acknowledgement, but also yeah. just stepping into your own greatness. Cause it felt like the last few years is also when I, my business partner, you know, had to take a step back. Mm. So I was like a shadow in a way because I'm always behind the scenes. Yeah. But because he took a step back, I took a step forward and I mm. became like the front of the business or the least my own personal brand. I stepped, really stepped into it. Yeah. And which was the creation of this podcast and, you know, finding myself, finding others who share and align similar values mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. yourselves. Yeah, man. A, a big a big thing for me as well that helped. And this isn't something that we necessarily have control over as much, but um, at least that's how I relate to it is attracting a woman for me was my, my queen Petya, who I'm going to be getting married to this year. We've been together for three years now. And it's like she has been one of the most nurturing, grounding, uh, reminding me of who I truly freaking am and how powerful I am forces in my life. You know, and I, I believe that I, I was willing to go to like events and stuff like that and allow myself to be seen by both men and women, right? Men who acknowledge me and recognize my power, but especially the, the feminine, like I, there was something healing about that, I feel, you know, and my mom was an angel. She's like always loving for me, but I think it was relating to other feminine energy, other women who I felt was, you know, attractive and sometimes even intimidating. Like, do I deserve this? Like, can I, can I trust myself around this beauty, around this feminine grace and, and essence, you know? And so I, I, through years of seminars and sharing my deepest truths and, and just being, you know, authentic, I think that's a, a big thing that a lot of, it's a buzzword, but like, <laughs> the, the, but the, like, seriously, the sharing of the deep down emotions with people, even when it's freaking scary, even when you don't want to, um, I did that with both men and women, but I felt like I was able to open up to women more for whatever reason. And so I gained a lot of feminine energy, a lot of emotional intelligence early on in my journey, because that was a wound that I felt, you know, I, I wanted to heal, but I also had a stronger relationship with the feminine deep down because my mom and her like unconditional love versus my dad, there was, there was some distance there. There was some disconnect there for whatever reason, you know, and he loved me too. Um, it's just that 
I was intimidated by him. And so with men, that's why I started this men mastermind. I was, I've been intimidated by men, you know, since my late teens, basically probably, you know, earlier than that, like since I was a kid. Um, but that I, I set out on the journey because I know that there's men out there who are struggling, who feel alone, who don't have good father figures or don't have a great relationship with their father or the masculine energy just overall. Um, so that's that's something that was super important for me. And Petya has been such a grounding force for me to re-access that, that man, that man within, master myself and bring that to other men because it's we're in a world where there's both uh, unhealthy feminine and unhealthy masculine running rampant. And so I think when divine feminine is tapped into their gifts and divine masculine is tapped into their gifts, then we'll we'll have a prosperous world. We'll have a healed world. We'll have a loving, peaceful world way more than we do now. That's awesome. So when you're going through, let's say, self-expression, bro, mm -hmm. this, is, this is something that um, I think is it's a nice area to talk about. Do you feel we don't, men especially, like the men masculinity, like this toxic men masculinity issue going around? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the more we talk about it, the more it becomes a norm, right? Mm -hmm. Like, kind of think, like, one of those, um, is it like a, people say it's like, it's like a taboo, like it's not a men's, like people don't talk about it. Tab In, taboo, yeah. Yeah, so like people say, it's like it's not talked upon; it's frowned upon. Mm. What are your views on on it? Yeah, um, that's a great question, especially for leadership. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. So, because it, it's so funny, because we just had a um, I did a clubhouse with a, a woman, one of Petia's clients, and we did a clubhouse two weeks ago talking about how toxic masculinity is running rampant in uh, in in traditional corporate world, right? Mm -hmm. Corporate America, corporate uh, UK, you know, yeah. like that that those worlds. And for me, I haven't really been in that energy as much, right? I, from from the time I was 21, I've basically been an entrepreneur, solopreneur, working in more small mom and pop type things, but not really any big corporations, no no cubicles, no nothing like that. And I'm grateful. And, and part of that was because I saw my dad get laid off at 16. Uh, and like he was a computer programmer for decades. And like, just like that, he doesn't have a job anymore. And like how much that crushed his self-esteem, you know, and how, how that devastated him. And so for me, I didn't want to give my um, my my sovereignty to someone else. Right. So toxic max masculinity, when I say that, like I think of one, like trying to control things and people like it's it's ego. It's I'm afraid of losing. I'm afraid of feeling. I'm afraid of someone finding out who I really am, what what is deep down repressed inside of me. I'm afraid that people won't be able to handle who I really am. So I got to, you know, put on this show. I got to put on this facade. I got to put on this mask. So I think that there's a lot of different dimensions and ways that it can show up. But for me, uh, I'm grateful I haven't dealt with the corporate aspect of it, but I have dealt with um, the toxic aspect of men who hide themselves, right? And so you could say toxic masculinity as in, uh, you know, more ego, egomaniacs, like super arrogant jerks. But oftentimes I find most men, most men are not alphas. They're, they're betas. They're like, I'm trying to reclaim my power. I'm trying to rediscover my voice, my voice. And so they're nice 
they're they're nice guys. They're not not kind. It's nice. It's like, oh, I want to be nice. I want to people please. I want you know other people to to be happy around me. And because of that, there's this pent up animalistic rage and 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 emotionality and like energy that's within them, uh, and it expresses itself in unhealthy ways, coping mechanisms, you know, all kinds of addictions, whatever the the gamut of that. Um, So I think that there's really two polar opposites of how toxic masculinity can show up. And it really depends on someone's strong suits, right? And so when I say strong suit, I say, what is is like this this, uh, mask that you put on to navigate life? And you might actually have a really great way of navigating life and it's, it's really working for you. You might make lots of money, you might get lots of women, or you might, you know, have lots of friends or you might, whatever, you might have lots of free time or whatever it might be. But um, ultimately, it is a uh, it is a conditioned way of living that is not your true, real, authentic self. It's not an integrity with your soul, with your greatest version with with who you can really uh, step into being with someone who's tuning in right now, you know. Um, so I just I really acknowledge the people who are going into those uncomfortable zones, those that growth edge and challenging themselves, challenging. How can I see things from a different perspective? Because that toxic masculinity is typically from a place of I know I know what I know, and I'm not willing to consider other perspectives. I'm not willing to try on another way of being. I'm not willing to try on another perspective or belief because it's too scary. Like, I don't want to lose who I am. And it's like the ego trying to, to fight for control. So that's what comes up for me, man. How about you? What 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 comes up for you around toxic masculinity, integrity, and leadership? Not being able to express uh, truthfully how I, one feels. Like, for me, it's always about showing my emotions yeah being vulnerable being open to being vulnerable is, is already like oh the you know how we brought up with the asian culture mm. uh, wow. you know, men don't cry so that bit a big one and you know, men's not allowed to show emotions mm. um uh, there's so many more others um especially it's just in the asian pride as well like there's a lot of um you know face you know you gotta show up you're the man of the family you must be strong you can't show uh vulnerability you can't be seen as weak Mm. Um, and all those kind of things that go along with it now this could be in asian culture it could be in in, you know just gender right Uh, i don't know but it's you know a lot of things that i've raised up with Mm. and there's you know there's a reason why for probably like 20 years of my life i was just very quiet yep <laughs> very shy very introverted right there's no reason why we are introverted you know people say oh you're introverted because you're you know you just don't want to connect with people and stuff like that i was like that's far from the truth i love people mm. but i'm very aware obviously now more aware of how i spend my energy and where to spend my energy yeah. but previously i i just didn't know how to communicate with people because mm. I didn't want to. I was afraid to speak up. I was afraid to connect. I was afraid of intimacy. And all this was because of uh, masculinity, toxic uh, masculinity, or just self-expression, a lack of self-expression. But yeah. the biggest one was I didn't know who I was and what I stood mm. for in the world. Mm. 
So I didn't know my values. Mm. I didn't. That's why I didn't have a voice because I didn't know who I was. Wow. Until I found my my values and found my voice, and then finding you know what is it I stand for. Mm. Now it's it makes more sense. But previously, I was a, a lost kid that just didn't know where I was going. <laughs> that's, that's dude. I, I feel like you know I I have a really similar story and. I felt like I was shy and I was not confident, insecure, all these things in the teenage years. And now it's funny because I feel like I'm an extrovert slash ambivert. Like I can do both. I can, I love being alone. I recharge getting, being alone. And I also can like be and generate energy when I'm around other people too. And like keep going and going and going. It's like, I, that's why I did the 12 hour live stream. I, I loved it. You know, I love learning. I love being around other people. I love conversations. Um, but I also know that if I wasn't clear on who I was, if I didn't have, you know, my statement of purpose, my vision, mission, strategy, objectives, like whatever the format is for, especially for someone tuning in right now, if you don't have something written down in front of you that you can look at every day and, and start to meditate on it. Right. And here's a, here's a really great example of you don't have to get it perfect. The first time when I first wrote out this statement of purpose, it was in like 2014, 2015, something like that for my life. Um, I wrote down that I wanted to have a polyamorous relationship. I wanted I wanted a uh, a, a wife, and I wanted to have uh, multiple other women, right, on the side. And that's what I wrote because that's what I thought I wanted, right. And so after years of like kind of reflecting on that and and speaking that and like affirming it and and seeing how I how I savor it, how do, how does it feel, right? How does it feel in my body? I recognize them like that's not important to me. Like it's not important to me to have multiple women. Like my hands are freaking full with Petia. Like I can't even imagine how I would have try to juggle multiple relationships, real romantic relationships, you know? And and you know, everyone have your own your own perspectives and stuff. But I had to first be willing to play with that idea and and my values and and creating my life, right? That's that's using the throat chakra. It's using this 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 voice that we have, whether you're speaking it or whether you're writing it down, whether you're giving yourself permission to say this is what I desire. And it may or may not be actually what your true deepest desires are, but let's start at level one. Let's start at the surface level. Let's start there. Write it down. Be willing to go through that exercise. And I think that our, our soul, our ego, subconscious, conscious, it starts to say, oh, Christopher is actually willing to, to go deep and like spend the time, invest the time with me, right? That's another thing. I invested time with my younger self, my, my six-year-old little bowl, you know, bowl cut hair, haircut uh, self. Like I wanted to spend time. I wanted to hug him. I wanted to do this stuff. And that was another thing that healed me because I felt like he was wounded and didn't get whatever he needed in those moments. And so I gave that to, to him. And so that would be another thing I think would bring a lot of integrity, a lot of power to the leaders who are tuning in right now is, are you willing to love all dimensions and all aspects of yourself without judgment? Right. And, and there might be aspects of yourself that you're like, that's despicable. I can't believe I did that. That was disgusting. It was uh, terrible. All these, you know, judgments and shame and guilt. Um, but the longer you perpetuate that, then the longer it will continue to haunt you and kind of be a, this, this baggage that you're carrying. And so when you can forgive yourself, which another great exercise is Ho'oponopono, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. An ancient Hawaiian prayer. So powerful. 
Uh, that was really healing for me personally. Um, then you start to be free and you start to allow yourself to have those uh, deepest desires and express those and be confident when you express those too and not second guessing yourself. Should I say this to this person? It's like, well, if you do the healing and you're confident being the inner child as well as the inner teen, the inner you know adolescent, the inner grown adult, whatever it might be, like when you're confident being all those versions and allowing yourself to play when you want to play, get serious when you want to get serious, be romantic when you want to be romantic, right? Create masterpieces, paint, whatever. Uh, when you give yourself permission to be all those dimensions, then you're free and you're unleashed in your power. For those that are afraid to go through their shadow self or love their shadow self, yeah. how would you deal with that because I think that's the most uncomfortable is dealing with our egos and dealing with the dark side of our own habits. Yeah. Uh, what we claim to be bad or yeah. unhealthy or uh, destructive. Yeah. The first thing, Jono, is it, it, nothing will matter. No techniques, no strategies I give you will matter unless someone you're tuning in right now, unless you have the sincere intention to go deep and to do the deep work and to uncover it, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how bad it looks, you are going to stick with that and you're going to love yourself no matter what. That's intention number one. That's step number one. Without that, everything else doesn't matter. The second thing that I'd really recommend is ask for help. Stop trying to do it on your own. Stop trying to coach yourself. Stop trying to be Dr. Google and find all the answers on YouTube. And like this show, it's amazing because we are bringing awareness to something that maybe someone didn't know before, right? And that's why I love the 12-hour live stream. I connected people with experts who could get them to where they wanted to go. But unless you raise your hand and ask for help, nothing's going to change, right? You're like most likely the ego, the, the self-sabotage, the saboteur will continue to, to run the, the pattern and the paradigm until you get someone who can give you an outside perspective to see the blind spots. If you can't access those blind spots, then you will continue to to, to do that self-sabotage. So that's the second thing is ask for help, whether it's Jono, myself, or someone else who you resonate with, just set that intention, number one, and set the intention that you're going to find a solution. Set the intention. I will ask as many people as it takes till I get through this. I will not give up. Sure, there might be days where I don't feel like doing it, but I'm going to get back up. I'm, I'm going to get knocked down. I'm going to get back up. I'm going to get knocked down. I'm going to get back up. And the most important thing is when you get knocked down six times, you get back up seven right? You just keep getting back up. But for me, Jono, the best thing that I found is having people around me who see me greater than I see myself so that I can keep stepping into that greatest version. And number two, hold me accountable to that vision. Number one, I hold myself accountable, right? The, who holds the king accountable? Himself, right? He's, he's, he's the self. You got to be a self leader. You, you get to take 100% responsibility for your life first before anything can change. Uh, and that's a, that's a work in progress too. That's not a, okay, I do it once and I'm, I'm good, right? It's a lifelong pursuit. But with that continuous intention and commitment and promise to yourself, then people are able to come in and work with you with where you're at. And uh, I think that's the, the big thing, man, is if, if we ask for help, if we ask for that accountability, if we have mentors, leaders, peers around us who we respect and who we can confide in, then we can really start to transmute that shadow and the stuff that has held us back, the, the blocks, the lacks of integrity. We can start to clean it out and clear it out. Um, 
the what is it in in the darkness the darkness can't survive when uh, the light is shined on it right when when the spotlight is on it it can't survive it no longer exists so what i see that as is when i share a shame something i'm guilty of i feel guilty about something i feel uncomfortable about then it no longer has power over me because i hear it come out of my mouth it sounds silly someone else is is there with their presence with their intention with their witnessing which allows it to dissolve and say hey you were you know 6 years old when you looked at that porn magazine like don't beat yourself up for the rest of your life you're not a bad human being right stop you can choose a different story and so i think that's a big thing as well as having someone who's a a, a powerful mirror around you so that you don't have to carry the shadow like it's real like it's like oh my gosh like this is something that's a, a burden and i can't get through it so uh, those would be my big things jono Awesome. Yeah, I agree. 100% with those. But 100% responsibility was, I think that was the biggest learning mm-hmm. uh, ever since I started doing self-awareness work. Yeah. Was like take, accepting all full responsibility for the good, the bad, the, the pretty, the ugly. Yep. You know, of everything yep. that I've had throughout my life that I've created, like everything is my creation. Yeah. You know, whether the the you know the the car crash or you know the injury or the breakups or you know uh, relationships not working out or you know business not working out projects not working out friendships not working out it's like that's all me yeah i was like yeah okay that's cool but what can i do now moving forwards i learned the lesson so how can i do things differently and just make it change because every day we have a choice. Every second we have a choice, you know, how we react, how we respond, how we uh, you know, see ourselves and show up, how we show up even. I want to, I want to share something, uh, uh, something that happened to me. I brought on this ex business partner of mine and I gave him uh, 51% of the company. Right. When I first brought him on. And uh, if any of you know about equity, (laughs) probably not the best decision ever. Um, But uh, I did it because I thought he would be my golden ticket to success. Right. And uh, long story short, didn't work out that way. Um, But after multiple times of like doing everything I could to make it work. Right. That 100 percent responsibility. It's beautiful because it can look different. My 100% responsibility for the first four and a half years, whatever, um, was we're going to make this work. We're going to do whatever it takes, even if it sucks, even if I'm sleeping in basements, even if we're you know barely covering the rent, whatever it might be, we're going to make this work. And then I took 100% responsibility in around the fifth year and said, this isn't working. I take 100% responsibility for everything that I've done that has caused it not to work, but this business partnership isn't working. I take 100% responsibility and now I get to face the consequences of those actions, which is how do I leave this company in the best way possible? And it wasn't pretty at all, right? Like it was was devastating. It was heartbreaking how uh, our paths separated and I haven't talked to him since. Um, But, uh, you know, it's it's something I had to take 100% responsibility of and say, hey, I, I have my family, I have my wife, future wife and future kids to be thinking about in every decision that I make. What am I going to do? You know, like what, what really, like how, how much longer can I keep telling myself the story that eventually this will all turn around? And so I just like, I had to be brutally honest with myself and love myself unconditionally and say, okay, 
what do I need? What does Christopher Burns need? He needs freedom. He needs like to, to get into a better place. He needs more stable income. He needs more, uh, you know, fulfillment in the work that he's doing. He, he just needs a supportive environment, not, not a toxic environment. And so I made that tough call. So that 100% responsibility, the actions looked different based on time and where I was at and the wisdom and the discernment that I had in my life, right? My 100% responsibility in the beginning was we're going to get a success. We're going to create the most successful empire, you know, personal development empire. That was 100% responsibility. And so then I got to be responsible for what were my, you know, habits and things that caused me to procrastinate and things like that. That was the thing that I was focusing my 100% responsibility on transforming. But then a, a much bigger conversation and decision came, so to speak, versus those small micro steps. But both and all of the spectrum in between is 100% responsibility. Mm, yeah, definitely resonate with that one. Yeah. How did you overcome you know, the pain and recover from, from, from you know, oftentimes, this is what I found anyway, from, for myself personally, was every time... I accept responsibility for things that didn't feel good. Mm. You know, I would, I would, you know, there's, there's, there's the, there's the up and there's the down, right? Once you hit down, like you kind of need to recharge, you need to recover, you need to just process it. Yes. What was your processing, you know, your pro processing time like during that period? Yeah. So it did take me from around April of last year till like September. So four, five, six months um, of basically doing nothing, right? And not, not trying to build something because that's, that's what I was, I was on build mode. I was on build the empire mode. That switch was just like broken off. It was on and then just someone broke it off. There was no turning it off, right? And so um, I was just on this, this relentless drive for years. And so sitting with something other than that being something other than that felt very foreign and very uncomfortable to me i was also very upset at how things had ended i was also hurt heartbroken um you know feeling feeling devastated and so i spent the summer uh, thankfully i got to go up to my family's cabin in northern california and uh just like spent about three weeks there twice once in once once in april and then once again in july so that was beautiful for me. Not everyone has that luxury, but I would say whenever you can get to nature and and just like solitude, right? Just be alone. Thank I had Petia there, so like I wasn't alone, but she was very healing and nurturing for me in the process. Um, but nature was huge. Uh, I did the Hopono prayer probably thousands of times. You know, like like I I just kept saying it over and over and over again. Whenever any energy would come up around my ex-business partner or the experience, how things ended. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. You know, and just, I would keep processing those emotions through that. I tapped a lot. I did tapping EFT tapping, like to, to, cause you have, there gets to be self-expression in those emotions. I couldn't keep them bottled up. I've, I'd learned that lesson. Hey, don't keep this bottled up. Find a way to transmute it. Whether it's going on a run, whether it's jumping on a, a rebounder, right? That's something I got last year um, as well to like help process and, and detoxify the cells and the emotions, the energies. Um, so that was big. I started doing uh, celery juice every morning, uh, 32 ounces of celery, just pure celery juice, doing detox smoothies. So last year I really amped up my health as well. And I think that was a big part is like, hey, I'm going to get, 
into the best well-being of my life, physical, mental, and and emotional. Um, so that was a big part, especially at the end of the year. I just like hardcore committed to that because I'm like, hey, what am I going to do after I've felt the grieving, after I've felt the mourning, after I've felt the loss and just allowed myself to not do anything. I don't need to post on social media. I don't need to connect with people. You know, if I really want to connect with someone, I will. But like, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to build anything. There's no agenda, right? Like just be with this and allow yourself to be sad and feel what that feels like. And don't try to cover it up. Don't try to stuff it down. Express it as often as possible in as many different ways as possible. Journaling, affirmations, just yelling. You know, I yelled, yelled into pillows, took a bat and hit it against things, a Nerf bat. So that those were some really powerful things that helped me, man. That's that's awesome. That's really good to hear. So now, what are you up to with your men mastermind? Yeah, yeah, bro. So uh, as I was saying in the in the pre-show, like one of the biggest things that I felt along my journey was being alone. You know, and and especially if there's a belief that I'm not confident enough, I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm not bold. I'm not using my gifts. I'm not speaking my truth enough. Um, when that happens, then oftentimes I feel like we will distance ourselves. I distanced myself from other men, other powerful men who intimidated me. And so I was like, man, I've, I've done all this healing work with women and like I naturally attract and get along great with women, but like I have a queen now and I don't necessarily need to be attracting hot women as much. <laughs> it's not, it's not as important. You know, that was like something that was important to me years ago uh, to develop that ability. Right. It's like, I, I want to be a great lover. Um, and I did become a great level lover and became more charming, more magnetic, more attractive. Um, and then I said, okay, well, I don't really need to keep developing it in that direction. How can I continue to develop these skill sets and my power? and my power to create my reality. And so I said, well, I, I want to be around other men who challenge me to be a better man, you know, who, who intimidate me with their level of success, their, you know, shredded bodies, their intelligence, their spiritual divine connections that I'm just like, how the heck do you do that? I like being uh, intimidated in that way because it's, it's challenging me to heal the ego. It's challenging me to uh, let go of trying to control things bro comparison i think i think comparison is such an under under acknowledged uh dude just like like toxic hole that just grabs people and sucks them in and keeps them sucked in for life comparison and we're programmed to compare ourselves through social media we're programmed through society through you know advertising like co constantly preying on our uh mental wounds and stuff like that and, and insecurities and in inadequacies and so um, I just I said I'm committed to creating a community for men, for brothers to come together and share uh, what it is that they're struggling with, what they're working on, because I wished I had that when I was going through my journey and and a free brotherhood that I like resonated with, that I vibed with. And I I saw other men's groups out there, but for whatever reason, they were like the two macho, like you got to have a beard and and live in Montana and hunt deer. Like I was like, okay, you guys do that if you want to do that. But that's, that's not me. Like, I don't, I don't need, that's not my version of man uh, and an ultimate man. And so I said, well, what do I want to create? I want to create this beautiful 
epic blend of spirituality, of business, of you know, strength, discipline, self-discipline, and also access that that power of like a Navy SEAL or a Spartan or like an epic human being. So uh, I created it, created a men's group called Men Masterminds Facebook group. I have an elite men mastermind, which is six calls a week, which is way more intense and uh, accountability for brothers who are wanting to perform more effectively doing retreats throughout the year as well. Uh, but I'd say that's the big thing is if you if you want to get in dive into this conversation, you're a man and uh, you you want to be around other like-minded men who invite you into your greatest potential, then the Men Mastermind is a epic, epic community for you to become the best leader, um, really master your integrity with yourself and the people around you and uh, make a big impact in the world. That's what I'm about. That's awesome that you found that. <laughs> Thank you. I've, been, I've been watching you so you know the last few years obviously and just keeping an eye out on what you do and you know the period when you just disappeared i was like mm, he's going through a process yes i can't wait to watch that cocoon explode into a, a massive phoenix or a butterfly whatever <laughs> he wants to become uh, i was like you you, you know you, yeah it's in due time he'll come back out i was like yeah here it is <laughs> yeah man so great to have you back and you. i'm ex super excited for what you're creating for the men mastermind and for all of the, the people the men that's out there that's you know looking for their voice and looking for themselves because i i share the same similar journey in what i do in, in helping others inspire influence and impact other people like that's my 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 motto and my mission like to impact the next generation to help them become better leaders it's just um you know wherever they lead choose to lead in whatever area they want to lead whether it's relationships whether it's gaming whether it's you know, having fun whether it's just life in general just like lead, lead their life <laughs> that's beautiful man we there's there's an infinite amount of vehicles and opportunities to to express yourself and create wealth, create abundance, create impact, create meaning in our life. And so for everyone who's tuning in, like find that, find what lights you up, you know, and even, even if you don't have the whole picture, figure it out. As long as you make that sincere intention every day, uh, you will, you will get, get closer. You will start to awaken the, the beast, the dragon, the epic God or goddess, Spartan, whatever within you so that you can, truly feel fulfilled and that's what we're on the journey to do so i, I love it i love it jono thank you man <laughs> thank you the first the first step is always the hardest isn't it the, the getting started part or the reaching out for help yes that's the yes. the biggest one for me that yes. was reaching out for help I was like if you just ask for help mm. people will help <laughs> And like there will be people that will want to help because people mm -hmm. just want to feel good by helping others. You know, it's a proven fact. Is why you know we have so many things with like volunteers and charities and yeah. giving back to communities and you know all of those. We're we're born to help each one another. We're we're social creatures. Yeah. I heard I heard Tony Robbins say the other day, like if you're focused on service, if you're focused on making an impact in people around you, you can't be sad. You can't you don't focus on yourself. You're too fulfilled by the feelings and the experience of of making that difference for other people, man. I, I really resonate with that. The the last words that changed my life from Tony 
yeah. was the secret to living is giving. Mm. And mm. Once, I, once I embodied that into my life, everything shifted for me. Wow. <laughs> like everything just shifted. I was just like, wow. You know, because I think for most of my life, I've just been very selfish mm. in everything. Yeah. Well. Every, everything was like me, 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 yeah. all about me and no one else. And since that once i had that perspective it just shifted yeah. and now like everything i do is now just about giving back how can i help someone else how can i give back how can i make someone a, a happier day how can i make someone a, a more laughable day yeah. you know which is why i say, share every day like a meme a day yeah or an animal video right or yeah animal, right that's yeah. i i just want to have fun and yeah. through fun is when I light up, like, if I stop having fun, I know I'm being too serious and I need to just take a step back. Yep. Yep. Because if I'm not having fun, then that's me, my ego driving something. And I, now that I'm aware of it, I'm just like, okay, if I'm not having fun, it means something's up. <laughs> so even doing podcast shows, you know, it's like, the it They're could blast. be, it could be uh, with, keynote speakers and you know all these big guys that inspire me and like or be intimidated or i'd be intimidated because i'd be like oh he's where i want to be but mm. i'm not quite there yet but now it's just like a normal conversation and just have some fun and be like you know where did you start how did you get there yeah. what were your fears what was your you know when you first started out speaking you didn't just go out and speak right <laughs> it's, it's um i love i love podcasts because you recognize the humanity uh, in all of us, right? We're all human. We all go through our journey. And, and I think it really evens out that pedestal pedestal effect, you know, when people put others on a pedestal, it's like, no, we we all go through shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We just have a different way of dealing with us. Exactly. Exactly. So for those that want to connect with you further, where can they go, bro? Yeah. Yeah. Just look for me on Facebook, Christopher Burns. Uh, you can find me there. Uh, if you're connected with, you're connected with Jonah. So, um, ask him if you can't get a hold of me, but Christopher Burns, find the Facebook group, the men mastermind, just search men mastermind and you'll find us there. And, uh, I'm just honored to be on the journey with you, Jonah. Thank you so much for your leadership and your integrity and how you lift others up, man. It's powerful. Thank you. Thank you so much, brother. I will make sure to put the links in the show notes as well. So if you go to my website on the show notes, it will be there. So thank you again, Christopher, brother. I really appreciate your time, your wisdom, and everything that you stand for and everything that you share. It has been is an absolute honor to be uh, with you on this journey and to share You know what we go through, especially with our values, with our mission, with our purpose. It's just a pleasure. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the Unspoken Truths of Digital Leadership. I hope you found this interview insightful and useful. Please remember to subscribe and review the podcast. And if you have found it useful, please feel free to send it and share it to your network as I will be very appreciative that it will spread and help out more people in the world. If you would like more information all the show notes and resources that I will be providing you, then please go to www.johnopoon.com, go to the blog and find the podcast section. Step up, show up and stay up. Take care.